Therapy with my mom is intended for educational purposes only. Everything discussed on Therapy with my mom is not to be taken as a medical recommendation, but rather as personal and professional opinion. This podcast is not meant to represent or replace psychotherapy services. If you are in need of emotional assistance, please seek out a local mental health professional that can cater to your individual needs. Welcome to Therapy with My Mom, a podcast hosted by a mother and son who love each other very much. Aw, hi, I'm Julie Barkowskis. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, a certified addictions counselor, as well as a somatic experiencing practitioner. I've been providing therapy on an outpatient basis in my private practice for over 20 years. I'm Ryan Barkowskis, her son and a millennial that was graced with having two parents who are both social workers. This podcast is here to educate our listeners on the various aspects surrounding mental health. Our guests will include individuals who are going to share personal stories on mental health struggles, as well as professionals who can shed light on the array of therapeutic approaches. We hope you enjoy the journey with us. Welcome to our show. I have some real pride with my last name. Uh, Our last name is Lithuanian by descent. So our last name is Barkowskis. Why are you shaking your head? Have I pronounced, (laughs) is it Lithuanian? Did I like lose a syllable? Why are you shaking your head at me? No, no reason. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just saying I, you know, not that I'm going to be an actor anytime soon, I don't think, but it's like Zach Gilifanakis, you know, what a crazy name that is. And why should I have to change my name just for Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But. It's fair. I just don't want to be butchered on stage. So I, I've sure. chosen to lob off most of mm-hmm. my name. <laughs> I get it. It would make it simple because a lot of people look at my name and they're like, Barkowski? I'm like, it's not even Polish. Like, you're <laughs> you're trying. Yeah. Um, but that's Well, great. and I'm, I'm not good at enunciating um words and names and so Mm -hmm. i appreciate the fact that your name is short thank you (laughs) i feel like most people have that opinion they're like can i pronounce it without asking you more than once and i i'm like Mm -hmm. i hope so it's like bocce ball (laughs) yeah that's pretty easy people have have short memories so we'll see well thank you for helping me because you know you know, getting up in the years, it helps to have what? some You're tools to help me with memory. <laughs> I feel you. My memory is not great either. <laughs> <laughs> Would never have known. Um, well, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, have you had a chance to listen to our podcast at all? My pleasure. I've listened to an episode. I think your first one. Very cool. Yeah. Um, mm, that was the most dangerous one, wasn't it, Ryan? The, was the it? first one? Yeah. <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> not that i think that we've had any controversial episodes. i don't think i don't actually i'm i don't think it was dangerous but no. it just it was of, out of the uh you know the deadliest of all of our podcasts it's the first one out you never <laughs> yeah. know what's gonna happen yeah very true yeah. um well hey thanks for being with us um we haven't introduced her yet so let's go ahead and welcome our guest today today we have on the show michelle bocci of the podcast Therapy Roulette. What's up, Michelle? Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Um, I feel like it's going to be an interesting dynamic, mother and son, so happy to, to be a part of it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you get to be the the middle person, which is this You're is the honorary daughter here. I guess yes. so, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and then mm-hmm. you get to sit back in case we do just start like insulting each other or going off on a tangent and then you, it makes your job easy you don't even have to do anything yeah i have to not jump in to like defend myself because i'm like oh maybe you're talking to each other yeah. <laughs> sit back yeah we <laughs> promise we will not attack you so that hopefully there will be no need for defense today mm-hmm. i'll play it cool well and as we've talked about in many of our podcasts we want people to feel safe Mm-hmm. <laughs> in their relationships and so uh <laughs> so the word attack in this moment is uh contrary to our uh mantra <laughs> here <laughs> okay noted <laughs> so uh could you tell us why you're here on the podcast what are you going to talk to us about well it's nice to be on another therapy oriented podcast my podcast is also mental health based and comedy based um i started it because i've had some questionable therapists in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering how other people have fared doing their therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's kind of just become like an honest conversation with people, how they're doing, what are they anxious about? um, Why aren't they in therapy? Like mostly because of cost. Uh, So I thought it would be funnier than it is. It's more real than I thought. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But people have stories and they're all, kind of wrapped up in their mental health struggles. So it's mm. nice to have an excuse to talk to people about that. Absolutely. How long have you been doing the podcast for? I started in 2020. Um, nice. So it's been like two years almost. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, I've had a chance to listen as well. And it's it's a great podcast, similar in many respects to ours that I think is, is great. It just gets to be an open format where people get to share their experiences uh, about therapy and what they've been through. Right. Thank you for listening. I mean, it's not as professional because you have Julie on yours, who is licensed. I'm but... I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I had that secret weapon. Both my parents. <laughs> oh, both of them. That's double trouble. Yeah. And as you know, Michelle has uh, interviewed my girlfriend, Larissa, uh, who is in school to also be a marriage and family therapist. So I'm surrounded. I can't escape it. Yeah, it's very popular these days to study psychology and counseling mm-hmm. and i think there's a big need for it so why not put more people in that field yeah there's mm-hmm. a demand yeah absolutely is yeah but just i'm here to be a guest and see what you guys are offering and mm-hmm. probably learn mm. some stuff <laughs> well we offer empathy uh, i think that's the main thing <laughs> and shared experiences you know um so i want to ask you a little bit about what inspired you to start your podcast you mentioned you've been going to therapy yourself and maybe went through the gauntlet a little bit of a couple different therapists. Was that kind of the catalyst for all of it that you're like, wow, these are some strange experiences I've had. I wonder if anyone else has had these. Yeah. I mean, I found it really hard to talk about wanting to go to therapy or being in therapy for a long time. I've only past few years been open to talking about it Mm -hmm. and my one of my first therapists out in LA was so unprofessional and so crazy. (laughs) I was just like, is this how most therapists are? I really, I felt the need to like talk about it more and ask people why you're paying hundreds of dollars for someone's opinion, who seems like, in my case, this person seemed totally unstable. And I was like, is this how it usually goes? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that your very first therapist? It was the first one I tried to like, 
I tried to make it work. She wasn't my first one. Uh-huh. Um, and then she ended up ending things with me. She said I wasn't taking it seriously. She cut cut it off with you. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I was like, OK. You gave me no warning. I feel mm-hmm. like this is more clue that you're unprofessional, but thanks for mm-hmm. your time. <laughs> yeah. Talk yeah. About and almost like secure attachment to just cut you off like that. Wow. Well, and it also basically wild. like blaming you rather than even just owning, well, maybe we're just not a good fit. I mean, that would have been mm-hmm. a more um, fair statement than to say you're not taking this seriously um, and uh, or or even ask the questions. Like, like even in therapy, if I'm I'm noticing something, I might say in terms of the process, I might be going like, hey, what's going on here between you and I? What what are, I noticed something here and mm-hmm. see if we can work on if there's something in the room that needs to be talked about. And uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, it was Ouch. just uh, it reflected like a lot of the way my relationships are with people where I do a lot of the listening and the other person does a lot of the talking. So she did a lot of the talking every session. And I was like, I think the roles have been reversed and you're mm-hmm. not happy with my therapy skills. <laughs> she wasn't happy, yeah, with your listening skills. She's like, I feel like you need to be more active listener to my issues. Yeah, so it, it felt very weird. And then I just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I tried to make a joke about it, mm-hmm. doing stand up, and it was never like funny. It was clear that I was still hurt by the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it just kind of was an obsession that I was like, I think I need to like do something related to therapy and mental health. And uh, I don't really want to be a therapist because I already listen to people all the time. I don't want to do it as a career. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like podcasting was the right choice. That makes sense. What do you do uh, otherwise professionally? Uh, I have worked a lot of odd jobs in the past. And mm-hmm. currently I work in accounting, which I got into during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not like professionally trained as an accountant, but they have me keeping spreadsheets. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Keep and it pays the bills. Yeah. yeah. And I try to do comedy at night and write when I can. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, I'd be so curious to see one of your, your stand-up shows. Do you do just stand up or do you like other forms of comedy? Yeah, I'm primarily a stand-up. I must I think I'm also like a storyteller so i'm trying to get more comfortable with just telling a long story mm-hmm. and not worrying so much about the laughs per minute yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i am a yeah. stand-up by nature i think i don't really work well in a team <laughs> i'm so impressed by that though i've attempted to do a little bit of stand-up myself um and i think i am a little bit more team oriented so there's times that i think i would enjoy being on the stage and being the center of attention but yeah, I've, I've like tried to fall back on storytelling. Like if, as long as I have a structure, maybe I can just like get through this and people will be engaged. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't yet found, found my niche with that yet. So it's, I think very impressive that you, uh, you probably have found yours and you keep going and you're doing shows, right? Yeah, I'm trying to keep going. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a thankless road. Of course. So mm-hmm. yeah. my, my new, my most recent therapist, one of the reasons I started seeing her was like, I didn't want to get discouraged doing stand up all the time because I really moved out to LA five years ago because I wanted to pursue comedy and entertainment. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mm-hmm. land myself in a new city and give it a real shot. Sure. And in the past, I've gotten really discouraged and like stopped doing stand up for months at a time and like gotten into a depression funk. So I, I told her, I was like, I want to do comedy 
can you keep me accountable, essentially? Mm-hmm. And I've been really good at it this past year or so. Um, but yeah, it's, it's discouraging day to day. It's not always the reaction you want. And, you know, I'm making zero dollars. So it, it always feels bad a little Sometimes bit. Sometimes <laughs> losing money if you have to pay for a drink or pay for mm-hmm. pay for your five minutes. Pay for gas. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all adds up. Yeah. But it's fun. I mean, what's been your experience with stand up? Um, also, time frame wise, moved out here about five years ago with mm-hmm. similar aspirations. Um, and yeah, I went to a few open mics. I hadn't found the best ones to go to. I think, you know, I was still just finding the, the rooms that would start so late that it'd only be the same four open micers who are talking to each other. And that's not a really good place to test your material. You, you do kind of want some audience members that uh, aren't just waiting for their turn. Um, but I did like a little bit at flappers uh, here in Burbank um, mm-hmm. and got a three minute set that they booked on one of their shows. <laughs> Oh, so cool. that, that was my biggest uh, achievement in standup was doing a three minute in a real show. And I had a cop out like I did. My bit was kind of f- falling flat. My angle was um, I've had such a privileged upbringing that now I struggle to have material for standup. Like that was my angle is like, I can't think of anything because my parents are still together, guys. Like, oh, the whole thing. <laughs> And I, yeah. I just kind of like freestyled it in the audition and it did well enough. They gave me this time, but the audience wasn't, wasn't liking it. And so my cop out was um, <laughs> like, well, I need a little bit of oppression. I need something to struggle up against. So every time the audience wouldn't laugh, I'd be like, wow, guys, thank you. And then that would be the relief laugh. And so mm-hmm. that, that ended up kind of working for me, but I haven't really is, done much sense. Yeah. 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 That's pretty good. I mean, if you're if you're pretty new to it, like that was your first show. Yeah, you got to have low expectations. <laughs> you got you got to fall flat a little bit. Yeah, but Flappers yeah. is great. That's where I've been booking shows lately. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been fun. I try to stay positive about it and keep up my motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really hard. Like I mostly am in my house every day, talking to myself. So I'm, I'm trying to like keep up my own motivation every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Well, and I was just thinking like, you know, uh, for creativity, people um, wax and wane, you know, that you're that you have your creative days, you have your times when you're highly creative. And there's other times when it's just kind of like, I'm just kind of blah. <laughs> and so I kind of I kind of see that similar to when we see, you know, writers of music or somebody writing a, a book. They're, they're not always on. And, you know, I think stand up, you kind of have to be, you're in a position almost to say, okay, all right, even though you don't feel highly creative right now, you got to be, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I, of course, I know that's about also about performing, but um, yeah, I, I can appreciate that there's got to be some ups and downs. And what's the thing that you feel is helping you the most uh, when you meet with your therapist around uh keeping you feeling, um, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm right, using the right word, hopeful or, um, optimistic. I mean, cause yeah. I can see you get, it could be easy to get discouraged. Yeah. yeah. She is just so receptive to what I'm telling her. Like she really reacts positively when I say like, I have a show booked or I want to write for an hour. I'm really mm. going to try to do that this week. Um, or if I say like this person, 
brought me down because of this reason. Like she'll like scowl and she'll be like, that that's the stupidest reason. Like that sucks. Like don't listen to that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. reason. Mm -hmm. um, or if I did something good, she'll like dance and be really like moving around and like yeah. giving mm -hmm. me this positive energy. And I'm like, oh, I, I should dance in my chair. I mm -hmm. don't, I don't even know how to access that part of my brain. <laughs> Do you find um, that you respond certainly to her energy? Uh, I think yeah, I would probably be the same way. Do you think you're an extrovert? I don't feel like I'm an extrovert uh -huh. much. I think I can switch as an ambivert and talk to people for like an hour mm -hmm. and uh, then recharge for a day. But I'm pretty introverted. And I just really connect with her well because she's very humor minded. Mm -hmm. um, in our first session, she was like, just so you know, I, I use a lot of humor in my therapy and you can tell me right now if you're okay with that because a lot of people aren't because um, she'll like tell me like it is but she'll do it in a funny way and I mm -hmm. appreciate that because it's mm -hmm. a language I speak yeah yeah I, I do think playfulness in some fashion or another uh just again feels more safe uh mm -hmm. when uh people are interacting with you and it exactly. sounds like she has that nice playful side to her um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I see that in Ryan too. I, you know, Ryan has that real playful side and, oh, stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he didn't get it from anybody in our family at all. So <laughs> no, no, it just, it just appeared. Um, what about for you, Michelle? Do you think you got, uh, the funny bone from somebody? Yeah, I was thinking about it before we jumped on this call and I think, uh, as a kid, I was just very attracted to humor and mm -hmm. sarcasm and adults who would like use those things day to day. And I would, you know, it makes you stop and think as a kid, like, oh, that's mm -hmm. sarcasm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use that later at school. And <laughs> you kind of like pick up on it and pocket it and learn how to speak that way. So I think certain family members, like a certain babysitter I had, they were to me very funny people. And I tried to mirror them all the time. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think a lot of comedians are very smart. That's something I like about comedy is just like the cleverness of it and the mm -hmm. wordplay. And yeah, with sarcasm, I, I enjoy pulling some dry sarcasm on other people just to see if I can kind of pull one over on them and just, you know, mess with them a little bit in an innocent way. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but I know sometimes people have been like, is he actually telling the truth? I'm like, hey, I'm doing a good job then. Yeah, I appreciate it a comic who uh, is so far gone, you have no <laughs> idea how truthful they're being like, which I, th I think I'm kind of in that hole where I've, I've kind of gone down the road a little bit and I don't know, I don't tell the truth most of the time. It's always exaggerated or embellished, right? Make yeah. some mm -hmm. stuff up. <laughs> and, as long uh, as it serves the joke. I find that more interesting than just telling a flat story. Yeah, sometimes you have to embellish a little bit. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I've always liked humor and I get very offended when people are like, stop it. <laughs> like, this is not funny. <laughs> right. Or I think some people want to mm -hmm. tell you when it's appropriate to be funny and when it's appropriate mm -hmm. uh, or inappropriate. Um, like I and like a friend of mine that was very close to relate to handling grief, I think, with humor. She lost her, her mother. It's actually someone we've had on the show before. Um, Amanda and 
she talked, you know, she jokes about this a lot because that's kind of how her family treats it. And when I go through things, I'd rather make a joke about it because I want to like, you know, not lose that sense of myself because that's so important to me. I think to not have, you know, any humor about, about a situation would then be inauthentic. Yeah. And it's a way to communicate too. It's, it's for mm-hmm. me, it's a communication tool. It's like, I'd rather talk about it than keep it locked mm-hmm. inside for years and years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that humor offers relief, you know, and uh, around grief, if we throw something in, that's a little lighter, uh, we actually kind of come out of some of that heaviness and we're kind of giving us a, a moment to kind of come up for air when mm-hmm. we're feeling all this, you know, weight on us and grief mm-hmm. does create a lot of weight. And so, yeah, I, I think uh, humor has a lot of appropriate places in terms of um, helping with regulation, helping us feel um, less um, uh, less tight, less tense, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I don't know if this is something you guys have ever experienced. But, um, one time I remember staying up and watching a show that just made me laugh constantly and they talk about how laughter creates all these wonderful endorphins, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember waking up uh, feeling like the best I'd ever felt in a long time. And I went, what's different? And I went, oh, I just laughed my head off last night. You laughed yourself to sleep. Yeah, but the, but the the all the like neurological and chemical benefits that we get in our brain mm-hmm. from laughter. I mean, they even have what they have. What, don't they have the laugh? classes or something too where they have people just oh, I don't laugh know. i haven't heard about those yeah and they just have them go in and they just laugh <laughs> i don't <laughs> they know do like you a know fake laugh until it becomes real well there again there's something about that benefit yeah. so i i'm not i'm by the way when i share my information I, I'm like, it's not I'm thoroughly a, researched. She's like, I just, I, I saw this headline just, one time. I just know this stuff, but I don't know it really accurately. You sure. know, I'm a, what we call a therapist of all trades and a mm-hmm. master of some, I'll put it master that way. Master of some is something. That's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> I buy it. I can see people going to laugh classes. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of it, but I think it that, exists. Yeah, yeah. That existed many, many years ago. I don't know if it, there's any out now, but I do mm-hmm. remember it, uh, you know, talking to a friend and him saying, Oh, I, there's, there's this class over here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I get, I get that feeling too. If I watch a good comedy or an hour of stand up, and it's hilarious. And I, I feel so much lighter because I laughed in that yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask something uh, about kind of a stigma, I think to stand up uh, artists, what I call it, just stand ups, um, comedians, comedians, comedians. Uh, <laughs> I think there's, maybe an understanding that a lot of comedians and standups are kind of broken, right? There, there may be some unhealthy individuals that have a screw loose that need to go up either desperate for that attention or to complete some sort of process that they didn't complete otherwise. Uh, Mm -hmm. What's your observation and maybe your take on that having been in these rooms a lot? I think it's pretty accurate. I don't know if if broken is like the term we should have fixed to it forever, but sure. it's pretty there's negative. like a, yeah. there's like a void mm-hmm. uh, for, for a lot of comedians where it's like, if you're not doing comedy and it's not live comedy, you feel broken. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely like have felt that way having done stand up in the past five years as consistently as I could. And then COVID happened. I didn't really do it for a while. 
And I remember meeting with my therapist the first few times and saying, like, I'm so uh, hopeless feeling. I feel like I've like totally lost my trajectory and I don't know what happened. And I hadn't done stand up in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And when I started doing it again, I felt much more like, oh, I, I belong somewhere mm-hmm. and it's on a stage mm-hmm. in Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it does feel, it does feel a void and it's validating. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is. I guess it's just like not having gotten that anywhere else in my life. Oh, sure. Yeah. If, if you haven't received that, I can totally understand the motivation to then feel like you need people to relate to you. I think that's like, you know, if you're say an observational comic, you're just trying to make funny observations. And if people laugh, then you're like, oh, okay, people have a shared experience with me or they at least agree with me. And that is validating. That helps you feel less alone. Cause you're like, oh wait, I'm, I have a shared experience. There's other people who have done the mm-hmm. same thing. And that helps us feel closer to them. Mm-hmm. And, and we as human beings need to feel connection. You know? yeah. And, yeah. And so these are, these are your ways of feeling connected. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, and someone else might feel connection by playing music. And that that's how they feel it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for me, it, it feels like a purpose that I need yeah. to like go yeah chase after for as long as I can. <laughs> yeah. It gives you, I mean, I'm so impressed that, uh, you're holding yourself accountable with that. I think that's a, a similar reason why I started pursuing therapy myself was being like, look, I got some goals for myself and I know I'm, I don't have very good discipline. So I'd like to talk to somebody about it and maybe like tr- keep trying to figure out that short-term plan, keep pushing towards something. Um, have you ever found though, that you just enjoy making your therapist laugh and <laughs> that's more rewarding sometimes than maybe working on something. Well, I don't try to make her laugh, but I am you just pretty, do because you're naturally funny. Yeah. I'm pretty open with her and I'm just kind of <laughs> like trying to complain mm-hmm. for an hour. Yeah. Um, cause I don't get to complain enough in my re- regular life. And she laughs sometimes. Like she'll be like, she'll apologize. She'll say, I'm sorry. That was just kind of funny the way you said it. And I, it's, it's, something I do in, in life where I just like, I'm talking my thoughts and people will laugh. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why are you laughing? I'm just revealing, I'm like revealing neuroses and anxieties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I guess the way I say them makes people laugh because they're caught off guard. Yeah. But I don't yeah, try well. to make her laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just comes out naturally. Does that help yeah. it, like, kind of inform you of, of your style and reassure you that like, oh wait, this is, this kind of works for my delivery. Well, I'll try to take notes sometimes and be like, oh, someone laughed at this. Like, yeah. maybe that's mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I'm just trying to like get validation and get good suggestions and make sure I have a sounding board mm-hmm. who can tell me you're not totally crazy, um, mm-hmm. but maybe work on these things. <laughs> and uh, the only uh, bad thing about my therapist is like, she's so easy to talk to. I worry like I treat her more like a friend sometimes instead of like a professional relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's something I, I can fall into. I just like, I just like telling this person about what I've been up to, but I'll waste half the session, just filling her in on a story as opposed to being like, wait, well, actually here's the the thing that had some friction. I got to talk about Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. It's like, maybe I shouldn't gossip the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to balance that. Yeah. But it's a process. 
Well, and I also feel like while you're responsible for what you're getting out of therapy, the therapist is responsible for also guiding, you know, the direction of it and also supporting uh, possible things that you're, that they notice or pick up on. And, you know, often that's what I, I notice when I'm talking to someone, I'll go, um, you know, this kind of makes me wonder if we might want to just look at this one thing that you just said, and you've said it a number of times. How about if we check that out? And let's look into that a little bit more. And, you know, often uh, that leads us down a, a another interesting path. Um, I don't know if that's something your therapist does or not. But I, you know, I was thinking about your conversation. And I, I have a funny, maybe it's not a funny. Got a um, joke? Are you going to pitch a joke to us? <laughs> I don't know. It's it was funny at the time. What sells a joke is you hamstringing it before before yeah, you yes, even yes, pitch yes. the joke. Tell everybody. Like, so I don't even are... know if it's funny, but yeah. How funny go. is it on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> now it's probably a zero because <laughs> because that's I've my kind of built, joke. Let's hear it. Built up an expectation and it's not going to. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not gonna, but what uh, <laughs> I've had is someone people come in sometimes and they swear. Mm-hmm. And they're swearing a bunch and they're, this gentleman's swearing a whole bunch in the session and he keeps apologizing and he keeps apologizing. <laughs> and I just finally go, oh, my God, my virgin ears. <laughs> no, and, and, and it just he settled down. It was like mm-hmm. it was just such an moment for him to kind of like go, uh, you know, really, <laughs> yeah. like I haven't heard people swear before. <laughs> right. Like maybe once or twice you're like, whoa, OK. Then uh-huh. you get used to it. Yeah. But you recognized he was feeling shame or embarrassed yes, for his yes. language. So you had to like normalize it. You had to be like, it's clearly okay. And then that really cuts some tension. Well, and also just this, uh, this sense of, I agree with all what you just said. I just mm-hmm. think that there was Thank this you. other part of it, like, kind of like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's just okay. You know, if you swear, you don't swear right now, I'm not judging you. Right. You know, you can just be real. And, um, and I don't know, but for me, it was, it was a lighter moment and we Mm -hmm. both laughed and it was kind of nice to just have that moment where some of that tension goes away. Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. I feel like you've shared that story, uh, with me before. Way too many times, Ryan. (laughs) I know all your stories. Ugh, tell me something new. Uh, <laughs> I think that was a good move on your part, though. It's more than just saying, like, don't worry about it. It's, it's no, 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 no. offering that you're a person and like you can make light of a situation. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's sometimes we have to. Yeah. yeah. I mentioned as well before, uh, my mom has occasionally used swearing to catch me off guard and get me to laugh <laughs> at something uh, because she is not a person who swears. So the few times that she's done it, it really just like surprises me. I'm just like, oh, okay. Either she's very serious right now or she's like, I, I can tell it's very well-intentioned. I think it's it's very, very loving, very cute. Yeah. That's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I swear, it's yeah, very loving. It's loving. Yeah. I mean, that's only because yeah. we're on the side of the spectrum where you don't swear much. So if you... If you're doing it too much. So now I'm I'm on a on a spectrum now, right? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Everyone's a on a spectrum, okay? <laughs> Spectrums everywhere. I think it's also a sign of intelligence uh, mm-hmm. and self-control to swear very like consciously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then to uh, do it to mess with your son, it sounds brilliant. <laughs> yeah. 
and it's fair. I enjoy when she gets back at me because I give her a little bit more crap uh, than I think she gives me. But sounds like a healthy relationship. Because <laughs> yeah. there's humor. Um, yeah. So besides the one therapist that you you mentioned, like this case of this therapist was definitely working through some of their own oh, stuff. The worst person. Her license should be taken away. Yeah. <laughs> what were your other experiences with therapists? Have you had any other like difficult or uh, maybe even really positive like breakthroughs with therapists? I think in the beginning it was really difficult. Like I had um, mm-hmm. a very quiet therapist who I don't think said a word <laughs> like mm. the whole time and would just mm. kind of drink her water and nod and look at her watch. <laughs> and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm so confused. Uh-huh. Um, that was weird. And then the the person who treated me like a therapist was weird. And then I had a very normal person who like gave me a back and forth and, you know, made me feel like I was getting something out of the sessions. Right. Um, and I saw her for like nine months and that was like a really good resource for mm-hmm. that time. And then she moved. So she left for a good reason. Oh. Um, and then I've only found my recent one this year. And I, th- I think like just the fact that she's so funny makes me want to stay with her mm-hmm. and share more with her. Cause she understands me in a way most people don't. Yeah. That's your shared language. Yeah. But I, yeah, I've seen a few random therapists for shorter amounts of time and it's always like, you don't really feel the chemistry. You don't really connect. Mm-hmm. So I would end them a few months in, mm-hmm. or I would, you know, uh, just fe- not feel good going into the sessions, be like, I think I should stop seeing yeah. this person every week. <laughs> it's important to act on that. I think when you feel mm-hmm. it, um, yeah, this has made me curious, mom, have you ever had to let a client go? Um, let a client go. Um, yeah. I think that there, uh, has been some people who've come in and it's not been a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I actually had one that actually politely called me and actually said, you know, um, I was looking for something else. Um, you're, you're where you're headed is not where I want to head. And I went, Oh, okay. Well, thank you okay. very much for at least. It didn't take too long for them to realize that, did it? No. And I, and that was good. I mean, yeah. I think to me it's, and, uh, you know, that was appropriate in terms of just getting some, insight too about like a person coming in with uh an idea of what they might be thinking that they they need mm-hmm. and then my perception might be that i'm recommending something else and that's okay mm-hmm. it's a recommendation um yeah. and you know i've had uh i've terminate with people who i felt really needed to see somebody else sure. and uh and they needed someone who maybe specializes in an area that isn't necessarily uh, where I'm best suited for them. Or I've done an evaluation and said, you know, uh, I'm not the right fit. You really need to see somebody else. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, but I've also had people have just come in and, you know, not come back, you know, and sure. And and so (laughs) you're just kind of like, okay, okay, well, I guess that didn't work for them or however it might be. Got the message. Uh, It doesn't happen often. Mm -hmm. So everyone knows. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah i i gotta pro- i gotta protect my profession here yeah. you know uh, yeah what's but... your retention rate how many how, <laughs> how many people are you holding on to <laughs> oh i have a lot of people who uh i recently had someone i hadn't seen for uh over um eight years and they just had some uh, another tragedy happen in their life mm. 
and they they got back in touch with me so i have a number of times that that happens where yeah i'm like well that's a good sign that you know that you know they they're reaching back out at least they're not saying i don't want to say her again you know right yeah. so um i don't know um I don't know if that answered the question or if yep. it answered that way too much more than what you yeah, asked. Yeah, and, and then some. A <laughs> couple other questions I hadn't asked, but it's always nice hearing you talk to. <laughs> but that's not surprising to me, the the ghosting of a client. Like, it's so scary to go start therapy or see a new therapist. I, I expect a lot of people, like, bail at the last second. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you've had clients just, yeah, not show up, right? Like, you've, like that's not out of the norm for them to... To just like miss the appointment maybe too oh yeah i mean again all the above yeah. you know people are human and so what uh, <laughs> <laughs> um it does help that you know and i don't know if this is something your therapist does but i have like a what we call 24-hour cancellation policy mm -hmm. and you know there's a great deal of number of people will cancel you know yeah. i once in a while there's just people who are rude that just don't show and you try to call them up to say, Hey, what's going on? And they don't call back. And those are, I, I, but for me, I'm going to say this as politely, that's information to me about where that person is at also in their own journey. Sure. Um, about being able to, you know, talk about something that they need, you know, or be forthright or honest or, yeah. uh, and like I said, when I had someone call me back and actually have that conversation with me and give me feedback, I was impressed about where they were at in terms of their ability to have a conversation. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Where other times it's like, well, we're avoidant. We're not gonna, you know, yeah. we're not gonna. And so, you know, and that's part of their, their relationship journey is that they might tend to avoid. Mm -hmm. That's some emotional so. maturity. I mean, I can relate to that in friends, you know, the people that are the ones that cancel last second, um, or just like blow you off. I'm just like, Ooh, okay. Now I've learned something about you. Uh, <laughs> now I think I understand you a little bit better, oh, but no. yeah, I really <laughs> value the ones that, that give you an explanation and then they, they understand, you know, it's, I think very crappy to blow your friends off. Yeah. I, I almost never cancel. Mm -hmm. I'm always like counting down the days. I'm like, when do we get to talk? Oh, <laughs> that's so great. I, I can't believe like a, a lot of people would just not show up, but it does like when you're, when you're first getting to know someone, it, it does make sense. Cause you're so like, like I was so scared the mm -hmm. first few times I had to like go mm -hmm. to my first therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, sometimes people have expectations that they come in and, you know, I'll, I mean, again, I'll use humor and sometimes I'm someone saying, you know, uh, this problem with my child and the child's sitting there and da, da, da. And I go, well, here, wait, let me get my magic wand, you know, like, mm -hmm. like this expectation that this one session is going to take care of everything. Yeah. And I'm right. like, what? <laughs> yeah. Not every session is going to be a breakthrough. Sometimes it's just you venting a little yeah. bit and you got, yeah. you have to reflect on it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you asked about breakthroughs, Ryan. I don't think I've had any breakthroughs. I don't know <laughs> if they're like never going to come, mm -hmm. uh, but I do feel much more like centered and more empty of like excess liquid in my mind, mm -hmm. having done therapy pretty regularly recently. Yeah. It's a good practice. At least I think I've had, you know, I, I 
credit myself with being pretty self-aware. So half the time it's me admitting my problem in the therapy session and then mm-hmm. being like, yeah, but I still have to make it <laughs> still have to figure out how to address it. <laughs> like I know all the issues. Like I've had my realizations of what the issue is and why I'm doing it even. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but then it's the motivation to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, right. That's the struggle for me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So in stages, they would call that you, you've gotten through many stages, but you're at the action stage okay. where you, um, you're, uh, you have a readiness, but you're at a place of like needing to move into the action part of that. And how do so- I do that? Oh, oh wise <laughs> therapist. How do I do that? <laughs> to get up well, off your butt and move. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's <laughs> very hard. It's the hardest part. Yeah. <laughs> The important piece is to is to identify what's going to help you go, get into the action phase because it's not like I'm going to say, well, A, B, C, I know the exact thing that's going to help everybody. Mm-hmm. It's more like let's explore what helps you get into the action phase, what helps you to get motivated. Some people are more self-starters. Yeah. Some people do better with having uh, some uh, some people that are encouraging them. You were talking about um, uh you know, both of you were talking about different ways that you operate. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look at um, what gets me to uh, move into doing something. And I think, you know, deadlines, we give ourselves some deadlines sometimes, yeah. or we hold, we get, a, we make ourselves accountable somehow with people. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so, all the above. Um, yeah. How does that work for you, Michelle? What, like, was your your goal or your process for being like, I need you to hold me accountable. Here's, here's how we do that. I mean, I try to, I am a big ambitious person who sets too many goals. So I try to like pinpoint one or two things I really want to prioritize. And a few months ago it was, you know, going to an open mic once a month or like booking a show. And now I've done that pretty routinely where I'm like, okay, I know how to go to open mics. I know how to book shows. Can I clean my house? Like I, I kind of <laughs> change my priorities sometimes because mm-hmm. my house mm-hmm. is like very overwhelming and I moved a year ago and I still haven't unpacked. Wow. <laughs> so I, I need to like address some stuff in my actual environment. And I, I'm stuck in that pre-action phase in my house mm-hmm. and I'm sick of complaining about it. So I need to just start mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. doing stuff. It's interesting. Cause I think you know, there's the other side. There's also a trope with writers or creatives that mm-hmm. they'll do every single other thing possible before they work on their assignment. So they'll clean oh, the definitely. whole house before yeah. <laughs> before they get to doing. I cleaned the stove thing. last week. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So impressive. I'm, I think I'm just gonna. So I might clean the whole kitchen. <laughs> I might clean the whole kitchen, every appliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might just clean corners rather than like unpacking a box of books or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So besides therapy, what do you think is like your exercise of regulation? Is it something where like you're listening to music and cleaning or is it going for a walk? Like what have you identified as like little practices for you? I hate cleaning. So that's how you know I'm procrastinating. (laughs) Uh, I do. I do like listening to music. I've gotten into like putting on classical music if I'm writing or trying to focus. Um and drinking like a caffeinated drink coffee or tea or decaf at night yep mm-hmm. and just being like you have your drink do the thing you want to do and don't open any other tabs 
um, and I have to be really strict about it. And it's hard because I live with my boyfriend and he's home pretty much all the time. So he's very distracting (laughs) and I have to be like, I'm closing my door and I hope I'm going to write, please don't open the door. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's hard to just like balance that with another person at home. Um, But yeah, I, I struggle to do these things, but I try to do them when I feel like I have a deadline or a show coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that help to have those deadlines to, to then have that pressure? Yeah, I yeah. definitely need deadlines to operate. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, and yeah. I also was, I was thinking like when you're talking about cleaning, uh, mm-hmm. what if I decided to have a bunch of people over and does that house somehow cause some level of motivation to get some things unpacked or get some things cleaned? And I don't know about you, but that's always weird. We'll have somebody over and I'm like, Oh, it's a good thing we're having people over because this stuff would never get cleaned if we didn't have somebody here. Yeah, <laughs> it, it does leave help. it forever. <laughs> it does help kick me into gear. Um, yeah. And I want to be able to do that for myself too. be like, why don't you clean the house for yourself so you can enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I like told my therapist to keep me accountable about a house thing. And she was mm-hmm. she was like totally baffled. She's like, that's what you want accountability on? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> please mm-hmm. ask me about this next time we see each other <laughs> yeah it's it's anything that you feel like needs some work i think that's totally fair mm-hmm. yeah uh, i was gonna ask you about uh a relationship so you say you're living with your boyfriend how has humor uh been in terms of like your relationship with your boyfriend like what is the involvement of humor in that Humor helps a lot because I think he's also a very funny person, mm-hmm. but he's not funny in his like normal life. So he kind of saves it for me mm-hmm. or for his family or people who really know him very well. And we can communicate in that way where we're like, if we're being weird or making a comment that might seem harsh, like we could bludgeon it with humor and be like, it's, it's also a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we can like, talk in a different way because we have a sense of humor shared Mm -hmm. um yeah for a while it seemed very like difficult to learn how to live with a partner i moved in with him during the pandemic Mm -hmm. we bought a house together last year the house has been very stressful yeah it's a lot Mm. of work and uh it's it's felt very stressful for a long time and i've like the first episode of therapy roulette i'm kind of like processing all of it and being like i thought i would live alone at one point now I live with a partner and mm-hmm. I had to like grieve my single self a little bit mm-hmm. yeah 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 I think maybe grieve those expectations I think yeah we have a lot of parallels in the time frame and also you know I moved in with Larissa four months ago almost five months ago it feels like so you know our relationship started over the pandemic so a lot of it was like going through these processes um, fast forwarded yeah, exactly. And kind of, yeah. I said we were dating in a vacuum. Like we had so much focus on each other. It it kind of weirded me out. I was like, I need to know what it's like to have other stimulus and other like distractions mm-hmm. even. Yeah, um, the idea of real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what, you know, yes. personally, what I found so, so important in this relationship is the humor. I needed somebody who got me and also just made me laugh. How does this relate to yeah. your childhood, Michelle? I mean, I was raised 
in a big family and mm -hmm. I was raised Catholic and I don't mm -hmm. think we talked about anything really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is that God. the, <laughs> is that the kind of the origin of her you're saying maybe you didn't feel heard and, and that was kind of the, the push to be the person on stage and be recognized now? Yeah. I didn't get enough attention for me mm -hmm. as a child. Like I clearly give off that vibe in all the family photos. <laughs> like this is me. You don't need mm -hmm. the other kids in the photo. Like I'm mm -hmm. like always pushing my sister out of photos. So uh, mm -hmm. I think that's why I have landed in a comedy career and why I feel the need to pursue it with all mm -hmm. my power. Sure. <laughs> Are you the youngest? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Are you the youngest? I am the youngest. And yeah. oftentimes we'll credit that as being like, oh, the one who feels like they need to be seen. That's often the performer. I think both the eldest and the youngest are ignored just at different times. Sure. <laughs> I mean, we're yeah. all ignored at some point because there's too many kids. Yeah, can be. And dogs and, you know, you get named or you get called the name of every other pet and sibling before it gets to you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, st I'm still working through every single time my mom has done that to me. Still working through all those. <laughs> Which is honestly a memory thing. Like, mm -hmm. I, I have to give credit to the moms and the people who keep calling their children by their pets' names. <laughs> That was it's not hard. something that happened. <laughs> my mom, my mom I, is guilty I named, of that. I would call him his brother's name. Yeah. But uh, I feel like once maybe, or twice a, a dog I, name I, got in there. Uh, yes. On, maybe on a couple occasions when okay. there was no other children in the house. Sure. And then it was, well, now I've got just Bella and Ryan. Yeah. So it changed from that's never happened to admitting it might have happened. Okay, uh -huh. And if the jury right. would agree with me, this does establish a precedent. Yeah, right. it's a lot of names to keep in your <laughs> brain. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I definitely like how Michelle is helping me out in terms of uh, my not yeah. having a good memory here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I relate just as a woman mm -hmm. who I like, I plan to have a kid someday. I feel like I'm very motherly by nature, which is mm. annoying. But it's I, annoying. It's annoying <laughs> to have this instinct to take care of little creatures. I don't like it. <laughs> but I, I think it's hard because I, I already have that instinct living with my boyfriend, taking mm -hmm. care of a house and yeah. like mm -hmm. a fish tank. Like I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, I have to take care of these things every day because mm -hmm. he's not responsible enough to do it. Or I, like I have that mm -hmm. in, in my mind. Mm -hmm. So I will soon be mixing up names myself. <laughs> Yay. That's quite all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, you know, we're women, we're gatherers. And so therefore we're instinctfully designed to be more the caretaker, more the uh, making sure things are all come together, you know, mm -hmm. like the mother hen and men are hunters. Yeah. And so, and we're not uh, required to remember any names. It's just wife and it's child. True. <laughs> you don't even have to have a calendar. Like the woman is expected to keep the calendar. I, I guess. Look, I don't know if we're going to get into gender oh, norms yeah, and yeah. roles necessarily. but debate here. But yeah. we, we are looking at, I think that's kind of gradually changed. Yeah. Uh, I, I think hope so. That, yeah. But it also can just depend on that dynamic, which partner is better about this. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that can switch as well. Yes. Be careful not to stereotype. I understand. Mm -hmm. All yeah. men are the same. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> a lot of men are similar. I'll say that. Sure. I'll agree. I'll agree. Yeah. Um, I just count myself 
as a different i'm not like other men that's all i'll say i'll give you the benefit of the doubt you also i'm sure are younger than me so you're different by generation yeah. i'm so. 14 mm-hmm. how old are you yeah <laughs> i'm 15 you're 15 <laughs> just a little bit well that I'm, makes me much younger i'm i'm enjoying this so. <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm 31, so 31. I am okay. a millennial. Yeah, mm. yeah, mm-hmm. 27, so not too far behind. Yeah. And I'm not saying my age. <laughs> 30, 38. I think she's 38. Pretty sure. Yeah. Um, well, I want to ask if there's anything else you want to mention as it relates to maybe your therapy or mental health journey or any other stories that you kind of feel relevant about humor's influence in your life before we kind of wrap up today's episode yeah i mean i don't have any specific stories other than like it's it's very telling when you have like the urge to do something or chase after something Mm -hmm. and you're afraid of it or uh like crippling depressed about it where you can't leave your bed it's telling that like you should do that thing so that's why i've been trying to stick with stand-up and pursuing comedy and writing because mm-hmm. um, I've been chasing it my whole adult life and I I feel like the need to like keep getting out there and keep doing it um, even if it's really unrewarding most of the time unfulfilling sure. a lot mm-hmm. uh, when it does feel good it's like the best th- feeling in the world so I yeah. feel like I have mm-hmm. to chase that feeling yeah chasing the dragon that's exactly yeah. what that is exactly what that phrase means <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I guess just like there is hope if you look hard enough and you if you take those mm-hmm. action steps to like pursue the thing mm-hmm. you're terrified of. Yeah, there's real courage in that. And, you know, it's very admiring to be like, here's the thing. Yeah, that I know I'm afraid of. And I think that means I have to face it. I think I, I think that is something that I have to grow in. I, ha- I have to face my fears. Mm-hmm. Well, it tells me that you have an incredible amount of strength to be you know, facing your fears and, uh, and, and, you know, confronting your fears on a regular basis. I mean, I think like, uh, Ryan said, that takes a ton of courage. Mm-hmm. So I, Thank I'm you. amazed. Thank you. It helps to, uh, leave your hometown and have no friends nearby to rely on. And then you just, you know, it's just you. <laughs> yeah. There's no safety net. You're like, all right, I mm-hmm. just have to figure it out. That is the ultimate test. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that we ask is, you know, if you have a certain philosophy or mantra that you live by, or mm-hmm. uh, is there anything in particular that uh, you uh, that you practice on a regular basis about how you get through things or look at things? Well, I, I uh, was thinking about it. I don't have a specific mantra other than like, uh, I do a lot of yoga with Adrian on YouTube and she, she lately is like, I am strong. Tell yourself I am strong. Mm-hmm. And so I say that when I'm doing yoga, but like, I already know I'm strong. My new mantra is I need to rest. So mm. I think it's like, we deserve rest. Mm-hmm. Michelle go rest. <laughs> like something like that. I yeah. would like to adopt. <laughs> I think the duality of that is pretty great. Like that you can, mm. both of those can be true. You're like, I am strong and also I need rest sometimes. <laughs> like it doesn't take. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of ambitious people were just really hard on these our, ourselves. And I am so hard on myself for like having a messy house, mm-hmm. but I am physically exhausted most days because I'm yeah. doing all this other stuff. So I 
rest in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll say as something again that I really admire about you is that it's very easy to be in the complete opposite situation where I will have the motivation to do all these other things, but it's very hard to push myself to just keep trying for stand up or keep writing when those things are so difficult. So the fact that you've made this such a goal and something that you've practiced regularly to push yourself to achieve. And there's these other things that had to naturally, you know, not have as much importance in your life because you had to put a little bit more energy into that. You know, you can forgive yourself for that because you're working really, really hard on the thing that really matters. And that's super cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I think so. I think a lot of creative people have disgusting homes and that's what I tell myself. (laughs) It's It's totally fine. Yeah, this is fine. This Everything's fine. But my mantra is, yeah, go get some rest. You don't have to be making excuses. You need it or deserve it. Just we deserve rest. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's beautiful. Thank you for that reminder. We could all use it. I was thinking as uh, we're talking here, does this conversation inspire you in any way, Ryan? Does this inspire me? Mm-hmm. I think so. Like it, it helps that to have this shared experience of, you know, as I mentioned and have discovered, we have a lot of parallels of, of mm-hmm. coming out here, yeah. which, where did you move from, by the way? Uh, I moved from New York okay. in 2017. So I'm almost on a five-year anniversary in LA right. and it sucks that COVID was in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So like technically it's been five years. Right. Um, but I moved from New York and I, I kind of like have this excuse and like I moved cause I was getting too many birthdays and like it had to really focus. So I just left. Um, like what I wouldn't give to like be closer to my friends now would be really yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. But well, they're really far away. My goodness. Yeah. 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 As far as, as, far as I can get. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But as my mom asked, it does, you know, I am inspired that despite all those challenges and, uh, you know, the difficult decision to leave some things behind, you're here and you kind of have your, your sights on, on what you want. And so that does inspire me to be like, all right, I got, I got to push myself to do the same. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. It helps to keep reminding yourself. Yeah. Wonderful. Like I'm not going to live in LA forever. I hope. So while yeah. I'm here, make the most of well, it. Soon it's all going to be underwater. <laughs> once the, once the ocean rises and swallows half of the, yeah. <laughs> I hope not soon. <laughs> yeah. But in the future. Yeah, oh, the doom and gloom is making me feel so much better here. <laughs> That's, after our nice words, we're gonna like, well, you know, well, once the the fault rips open and swallows the city, no. Um, yeah. Once we, we learn no to live f- in the ocean, then we'll have to figure out <laughs> oh, a new yeah, way to do yeah. comedy. That's <laughs> right. There, see, look yeah. at that good reframe. Okay, perfect. All right, everyone, go home <laughs> and watch Waterworld so that we are prepared for the post-apocalyptic world where we're living. Just in the water. <laughs> One thing I was going to ask you is, is there any books that you, uh, I'm, I'm changing the subject. Sorry, guys. It's okay. Uh, it's, okay. Uh, it's your podcast. <laughs> my brain, my brain went from water to book. I don't water? know. That's like, your association. Movie, water, movie water, book. Reading. Movie book. Oh, okay. I, I prefer a book always. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the, uh, you know, if there are, I, I have some books that cross my mind i don't know if they would apply to you or not but i was just wondering if there is any books that you would recommend to the listeners uh you know we you talked a little bit about motivation uh mm-hmm. if there's anything out there uh that you would want to share or 
What yeah, I I was trying to think about it. So I've I used to be a great reader when I lived in New York, mm-hmm. um, and since living in LA, I've become so dumb and I just don't read very much. But I want to get back into it, and I have been reading uh, The Power of Habit by Charles mm. Duhigg, and it's mm. not a book I would normally read. It was uh, pitched to me by like a book club, and it's just about like if you do tiny habits every day, your brain automatically does them eventually and you become successful and you don't know why so i'm I'm trying to become successful (laughs) tricking yourself into success yeah i'm trying to become a natural success (laughs) you're on your way that's wonderful i like that i like that suggestion a lot thank you yeah and Um, i I also want to read the artist's way which i started reading and put it down but i have to pick it back up okay what's that one i don't know if i know the the artist's way it's supposed to be a very simple concept of if you want to be a successful artist, there's two things you have to do. You have to write three pages of like free thought writing every day, just like a brain dump. Mm-hmm. And you also have to take yourself on an artist date once a week where you like probably spend the day or the afternoon alone and you go do something for yourself that like recharges you creatively. Like you go see a movie or you go take an art class or something mm. like that. That's cool. So I started reading it and I was like, I don't have time to take myself out once a week. I'm going to stop reading this book. God, I can't possibly go see a movie. Have you seen the state of my home? <laughs> I know. Look at all these dishes. <laughs> so now I'm getting back in a state of mind where I'm like, I think I could read the book and give it another shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, excellent. When you finish that book, you can come back. Let us, let us know how that how it's working out. Okay. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be life changing. Well, well, we'll be the judge of that. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. In a non-judgmental sort of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a totally, you know, understanding and non-critical way. We'll tell you if you've become a success. Okay. <laughs> I will take that feedback. <laughs> well, thank you for this uh, is such an appropriate therapy here. <laughs> yeah. Look, this is this is the episode about humor. So maybe I've I've tried to throw in a few more jokes. Obviously, these are all uh said in good fun. And mm-hmm. Michelle would yes. hopefully tell me if I'm if I'm being a jerk. Oh, uh, no, you're being totally not a jerk. Now I feel more compelled to read this book, so I will report back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to hold you accountable. You know, that's what I do. I need it. It's it's hard, like working remotely and mm-hmm. 2022. Mm. I don't yeah. I don't know how to be yeah. accountable. <laughs> yeah. A daily struggle. It is well, hard. I, I again, I think about. I'm always trying to orient to the part that's the strength part. And it's like, you're already trying to find ways to be accountable. So you're, to me, it's like, that's the piece that I keep noticing. I notice I want to be accountable. I want to find ways to be accountable. And so already I see a, a real positive internally within you that I'm, I would just need to tap into and be curious about like, Hey, look at that part of you that really wants to, you know, support you to continue to succeed and do well and is dry as a driving force within you. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you for putting that out. I think I should get myself like a sticker book and reward mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, think, I think I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. In great. fact, uh, there's a, a. You said you had a bulletin board. Uh, I'm not yes. sure if that was mentioned here. It's blank. Maybe, you can't maybe see we it. could put some things on the bulletin board. You know, a little right. smiley face for yes. all the times. 
Yeah, I got to start with putting something on it. It's totally empty right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good idea. Yeah, something to try. Yeah. Well, thank visuals. you, Michelle. Thank you You're for welcome. the recommendations of the books and sharing some of your time and stories with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks. I- it was a, a true joy. I'm so glad to hear that. This is, a, <laughs> this is super fun to have another <laughs> podcaster, another comedian, another uh, just observer of life. And uh, we appreciate your time. <laughs> yeah. And your struggle is so real and so, mm-hmm. you know, sadly normal mm-hmm. for so many people in, in your line of work. And uh, so I just really respect the fact that you're willing to come here and talk about it with us. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for letting me uh, vent and complain and validating me. That's what we do. <laughs> that is what we offer. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> well, if you guys enjoyed uh, our conversation with Michelle and you want to check out her podcast, Therapy Roulette, um, yes. it's on all the major streaming platforms, right? It's pretty much everywhere. You can Great. get a podcast on YouTube. Anywhere. Walk to the store, pick up a podcast. And uh, <laughs> what days is does it it's, come out? It's probably not at Blockbuster. But probably not. Else. No, not at the final uh, Blockbuster. It comes out on Thursdays every other week, and we have a huge back catalog, so you can mm-hmm. just start listening wherever. Amazing. <laughs> nice. Tune yeah. in Thursdays, just like ours. Mental Health Thursdays. Just there get you loaded go. up with all the all the good feelings and support you can. You need it. So, is there such a thing <laughs> as Mental Health Thursdays? Is this true? Or we could I... we can make that trending. Let's go ahead and make oh, that a wow. hashtag starting now. Yeah, we can be trendsetters. Thursdays doesn't have anything else going on, so yeah, yeah. What, what, Why not? You got Hump Day, and then you got the pre weekend. Mental so health what's Thursdays? What's Mental health Thursdays. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. That's good before the weekend spirals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then we go. What what would be Fridays? Let's think about that. <laughs> freak out, freak out Fridays, obviously. Ooh. Let loose Fridays, <laughs> in which you put on the song "Freak Out" and you dance in your underwear in your house. Obviously, that's a freak out Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, enough of my <laughs> my tangents. <laughs> um, thank you, everybody, for listening uh, to this episode. And thank you once again for Michelle. We hope we get to talk to you again another time soon. Yay. Thanks so much. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Fellow podcaster on the show. That was, I think it's really great. And- it's so cool how many similarities we have between our shows, too. I thought it was really interesting. And I think that she really did shed some light on what I know you also struggle with. So I was mm-hmm. kind of glad to kind of hear her in some ways kind of be inspiring for you. Sure. Was that like informative to you at all about like kind of just seeing someone else who's pursuing uh, a similar thing? And kind of some of the things that she's still dealing with and trying to stay disciplined. Um, I think the informative part for me was actually just hearing her uh, talk about it. I could just kind of feel her pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I know when you talked about some of that, too, you know, it, there is just how hard that is and how painful that is mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, be in these situations and up on that, that mic. And yeah. to want yeah. something so bad and know the process to get there is often so painful and so discouraging. And yeah. so, you know, the, the whole push to move ourselves across country to this place to work on this is already, you know, takes so much energy. And mm-hmm. then to then find these rooms where 
oftentimes you you just get beaten down even more can be hard and so that's why yeah i told her and i'll say it again it's super inspirational to see anyone who's like i just want to keep doing it because it's important to me yeah and i think that she's wise to have someone who's also encouraging her mm-hmm. because when you're discouraged you really have to have some resources or a community that's continuing to support you and encourage yeah. you so gotta get someone uh, in your so, corner so that's makes me think uh how i might want to do that more on your behalf as well yeah you know what you already do it plenty so thank you wow <laughs> this was a great episode um we hope everybody enjoyed it and uh as always let us know what you thought like comment subscribe all the things and we'll talk to you guys again next week yeah, and I was just thinking, uh, maybe there's something that you all might say you need some encouragement in, mm. and maybe that's something you could respond to and give us some um, suggestions or some ideas of of topics about like what other things might be uh, things that people need to be encouraged about. Sure, we can start off uh, an episode with some affirmations. So, there we go. A little bit of encouragement, maybe. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Oh, such a good idea. <laughs> That's because we're working on our creative brains here. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll let you go, Mom. I love you very much, and I'll talk to you next time. Love you, too. Take care. Right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Therapy with My Mom. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can best support us by reviewing and downloading the episode on whatever platform you listen on. Tell your family and loved ones about the show, and don't forget to follow and engage with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Therapy with My Mom. You can also email us at therapywithmymom at gmail.com with any topic suggestions or stories you might want to have shared on the show. Great job, Ryan. Thanks, Mom. <laughs>